All right, everybody. Welcome back to episode thirteen of Up in the Air, Nick. We're into we're into the the dozens. <laughs> we're into the baker's dozen. That's this the episode, word I couldn't Jake. think of it. Yep. There you go. This <laughs> look. And I'm like, was that like universal signal? I was like, it's like there's like, a word I'm looking for me. here, but you don't know the second word. But help figure me, out Nick. the first word. Yeah. Help me, Nick. But yeah, we're on the Baker's Dozen, episode 13 of Up in the Air Podcast. Like he said, he is Jake. I am Nick. Correct. We're going to be talking about a lot this episode. A lot going on in the sports world. Uh, most specifically, what we'll start with, the NFL draft, Nick. Probably a big chunk. Big chunk. going to be talking about the draft. We're draft also junkies. Some yoffs. Some play yoffs. Some play yoffs. Some yoffs. Some, some yoffs. Some NBA yoffs. Some NHL yoffs. R.I.P. the Bruins. LOL. R.I.P. the Bucks. LOL. R.I.P. the Grizzly. LOL. We'll get to it. I have a fun stat, too. But to start off this episode, we're going to dive right into the... I really enjoyed the 2023 NFL Draft. The first round, specifically, was so much fun to watch. Entertaining. Yeah. Um, not it, not the TV broadcasts, and I don't know if we no. want to talk about it, because it's kind of been annoying the past couple of years. It's the, the first round of the draft started at 8 o'clock. Yep. It didn't end until like almost 11. The first pick wasn't made until after 8.20. Right. Uh, you're telling me the Panthers didn't know who they were going to take? No. They probably were in touch with Bryce Young. It's like, hey, we're going to take you like four mo- like four weeks ago. Right when the trade happened yep. with the Bears. I guarantee you they got in t- touch with Bryce Young's agent. was like, yeah, we're going to take him. We want to um, meet with you and everyone else, but like he's ours. Right, yeah, he's ours. But yeah. we're going to meet with everyone else just as a courtesy. But no, we're going to take you. Yep. But um, there's just a lot of fanfare. That I get like the build up to the draft for the fanfare, but the actual draft TV itself. Broadcast, yeah. This one was in Kansas City at Union Station, a historic site in America, and it looked awesome. It did look great, but it was just I don't know. There was just something about it where I'm like, something should change. Something I I feel like something should change about the draft where it's like the way it's presented. You know, NFL Network and ESPN are using the same cameras. You flip back with each, they're just, the graphics are different. The logos are different. Yeah. That's it. And the commentators are different. Yeah, they're different sets, yeah. But they use the same cameras. Yeah. Because it's all NFL provided. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Something should change, but we're not really going to focus on that today. Because we're going to talk about the players. Bryce Young goes number one overall to the Panthers. We, we saw this expected. coming. Yeah, it was pretty much, he's the best player in this draft, probably. Best quarterback, Yeah, sure. I mean, arguably best player, too. Uh-huh. Definitely the best quarterback. Yep. Uh, he went first overall, not surprising. Uh, that was, you know, breaking news. ESPN yep. sent it out everywhere. Yeah. And uh, then... Actually, here, not even ESPN. It was Shams. Fucking Sh- Shams is coming in and just <laughs> dropping bombs. This one pick's over, the next one's in. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey still on stage. Panthers taking Bryce Young. Shams needs to just... I had to mute him. Yeah, I wonder how him and uh, Kay Adams are doing. Is that a thing? I don't know. Remember, it went like viral a couple months ago. How like they did an interview together, and he was just rizzing her up. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you? I would. I would try. I would try. Yeah, I would definitely try. And Shams did. Yeah, good for Shams. Yeah, I don't know, but hopefully going well. Hopefully, that's kind of funny. Yeah, if that like actually happened. <laughs> but anyway, onto the second pick with the Houston Texans. C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. That was kind what? of a toss up with what they were going to. Yeah, do. it was pretty. When our mock, we had them picking C.J. Stroud, but we also were like, you know what? What if they pick Will Anderson? Well, Nick Casario put his dick on the draft board on the forehead like, of the NFL. Was like, you know what? I'm going to get both. Yeah. I'm going to take both. Really not Fuck for that y'all. much. No. I mean, he traded up with the Cardinals for the third pick. So the Cardinals get a first-round pick next year. And, and I believe a third 
or a second and a third or something. Yeah. I think they got a third this year or a fourth this year and a second next year. Mm-hmm. And then the Texans got a third back. But the Texans still have the Browns first round pick next year. Yes. So like they still have a first round pick next year. So it was essentially like, let's give up a second to go get our guy now. And the guy they got is the generational. Piece. Yeah. Right. With Will Anderson. So there's no question marks about you right. know, what mood this team is in. Nick Casario probably saved his job. At least oh, they for, have D'Amico Ryans now, so I'm sure D'Amico Ryans had a big part in that. Absolutely. And I'm sure Nick Casario saved his job for the at least the next two or three years. He, I mean, yeah, usually they, they coincide with the quarterbacks. Yep. Um, then the Colts took Anthony Richardson instead of Will Levis. Yes. Which was kind of shocking, but those two are a toss-up anyways. Yeah, um, I think Shane Steichen had a lot to say about that. Which he wanted a quarterback did, that kind of fit his system. Like you said, Jake, like talk, you said, I talked we about talked this about it. before the combine. Uh-huh. That the, if the, Col- the Colts were going to take Anthony Richardson because of, and you know, we kind of fell for the, I should have just stuck with my gut because we kept being like, yeah, it'll be Will Levis. But with his system, it makes sense. What he just did with Jalen Hurts, it makes sense. Right. Now, the only thing that worries us, worries me about Richardson is the Mitch... I call it the Mitch Trubisky rule, law, whatever. He only played 13 games in college. He didn't didn't start that many games. And I feel like the best thing for him to do, I kind of agree with Dan Orlovsky of all people on this, just let him play. Just play. Just let him get as many reps as he can. If he sucks, sure, whatever. But can he learn? Maybe. It's just everyone wants that Josh Allen. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take him. I'm going to fix him up. And I'm, I'm going to make him like the beast. Yeah. Like a car, for example. But, I mean, look what Steichen did with Hurts. I mean, Hurts is a terrific quarterback. Right. But he played to his strengths. I think he'll be able to do it with Richardson. I think it, it makes sense. Him and Jonathan Taylor in a backfield in an Eagle-style Steichen offense is a terrifying proposition from a from a ground game perspective. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's want to keep going. Uh, five was... The Seahawks took Devin Witherspoon. Dev, that was now that was the first like actual surprise of the draft, right? Because I I mean they have Woolen and then Kobe Bryant played well last year, but I mean Witherspoon is a fucking dog, yeah. And that's a very Pete, Pete Carroll. Pete's a very Seattle pick. Pete Carroll wants the Legion of Boom back, which he should. And he start that starts with the six in the back. Witherspoon was a zero star recruit. He didn't start playing football till he was a junior, right? Um, he was going to play basketball. His mom's like, just try it. Just try football. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's physical. He hits. I mean, he dominated Michigan when they played. Right. And they had a full NFL roster, basically. It really was a toss-up between him and Christian Gonzalez for being the best corners yeah. in the draft. And I think just Devin Witherspoon fits what Seattle was trying to Correct. do. Plays more zone effectively and, and just he, hits. Yeah, he hits. He hits hard. He hits. So, um, and he's yeah, he's got an edge about him. A lot um, of people thought that Jalen Carter might go there, but as we would soon find out. Or even out, Tyree Wilson. That wasn't the case in Tyree Wilson, maybe, to them. But they went DB instead of D-line. So yeah. um, at six was the Detroit Lions, but they traded that pick. Yeah, the Cardinals traded back up to the six. The Cardinals traded Johnson, back up, right. Which that was – those two picks were kind of surprising in themselves. And then um, Tyree Wilson falls to the Raiders, which at that point made sense at seven. I, I like that pick for them. Tyree Wilson and Max Crosby is going to be dangerous. Yeah, no, I love that pick for them. He, yes. he might have been the best player on the board, and the Raiders' defense has been he the was worst often, in the NFL in the last decade. He was decade. often overlooked yeah. because of the Will Andersons and the Jalen Carters. Mm-hmm. Um, also just playing at Texas Tech. Like, Big 12 defense gets Nate. I mean, who's the last good Texas Tech defensive player? Zach Thomas? You would probably know more than I would. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. So, 
guessing here. Right. He put it, He had to put himself on yeah. the map instead of letting his school do it for him. Correct. Shout out you, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then at eight... Falcons took Bijan Robinson. That was... I mean, it was like... It you know, wasn't, but it was. You know, it was said that that was going to happen across so many dra- like mock drafts and draft boards. It's like, this might happen... And I still didn't like it, and I don't know if I do, and I don't like the. De- I, they should have gone defense. They should have gone defense. I don't like it for them because Jalen Carter so was needs. right there. They have so many needs. They do. Which for the Eagles, if they were, if he was followed Eagles, it's a luxury for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand it. Um, but I mean, he's that much of a. He's that good of a football player. He is right. He's gonna do damage and, on that team. He's gonna help them. And we've it's seen just, we've seen running back resurgence slightly. It's just like a dual backfield thing. Right. I so need if you to make see, that big play threat, that yeah. I need to see how the Falcons use him, so Correct. we can correlate his value at that position with where he was taken in the draft. Yeah, I mean they haven't used Kyle Pitts correctly in two years. They're, no. they're just kind of a mess. But their quarterback remember, right Ar- now is Desmond Ritter. Remember, Arthur Smith was the one who got the most out of the Titans with Tannehill and Derrick Henry. So maybe that was their philosophy: is go get their guy that's. Top tier running back, and right. then Ritter might have some Tannehill esque qualities, excuse me, where he's not elite at anything, but he's solid. The guys like him, and he's experienced, and he's just something along those lines. I, I think that can be comparable. Right. Um, and they have a few good offensive weapons. Their offensive line can use some work, but I mean, they re signed Lindstrom, and they're, they're not awful up front. So, right. Originally, the Bears obviously had pick number nine, which yep. they would trade. Pick up a fourth in the process. They picked up a fourth in the process. We're going to talk about the Bears pick at 10 later mm-hmm. when Jake and I go over our, our teams. individual yeah. teams, the entirety of their draft. Um, but trading back one spot with the Eagles, who gave up a fourth rounder to move up and select Jalen Carter. Yeah. I mean, it was. It makes sense. Yep. Yeah, no, it makes It made sense. too much sense. Yeah. And I get why people were like, you know, um, Basically, throughout the entire draft process, everyone was just hating on the Bears draft because they didn't take Jalen Carter. He was like, I saw so many people on Twitter and TikTok being like, oh, he was right there. He fell in your lap and you gave him away. No, the Bears never wanted him, at least not after what happened and the tragedy of him losing that teammate and the racing and all that. Character issues yep. throws up major red flags for someone like Ryan Poles, who's mm-hmm. trying to build something from the ground up. Yep, Eagles are in a different spot. Jalen Carter can, they can help. Gamble on that. Jalen Carter can be the gamble mm-hmm. by the Eagles, like you said, but he also can help them immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas he would have to be that force by himself on the Bears team yep. that has so many holes, and that what they would eventually do. I loved their first round pick because it makes a lot of sense. It's perfect for what they're trying to do. It's what we talked about last week. It's what they've been talking about for a few weeks. Exactly. I just thought they would trade. They would draft, or excuse me, they would trade back even further than yep. one spot. But they, they, they got a fourth rounder in the process. Yep. Think of it like this: you could say the Bears gave up on Jalen Carter. It's like, oh, they should have drafted him. But what about all the other teams above the Bears that yep. also passed on him? Right. You're not saying, oh, oh, the Cardinals passed on Jalen Carter. No, they got a great player in Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. Oh, but the Bears passed him. Oh, but they got Darnell Wright, which is in a, which also is a need. Yeah, a much bigger need. Correct. Mostly because uh, a plug-and-play defensive tackle is you, you can't plug-and-play an offensive tackle. You can rotate some defensive tackles and eat up some blocks. Now, you want a game wrecker. 
he's a terrific player, don't get me wrong, but you can't plug and play a right tackle. Right, and especially with how deep this defensive line class was mm-hmm. that we'll soon talk about, um, I don't mind passing up on a, what could be a generational player for the Eagles Correct. for a hole yeah. and a big need that was filled. And then Ryan Poles would go on, as we'll say later, to fill a whole bunch of other needs with his picks in the draft. Yeah. Uh, so that's that kind of that rounds out the top ten. I think other noticeable ones that have that picks that occurred in the first round. The Lions were somewhat confusing. I didn't really understand their philosophy until I mean I still kind of don't. But when the they drafted Jameer Gibbs at twelve at twelve yeah which was whoa like kind of threw up some like flags. It's like you already got a uh, you know. DeAndre Swift and David Montgomery, right? Which you signed. Everyone David then Montgomery assumed that they're gonna they're gonna trade Swift, and they did to, to the, the Eagles. Eagles. Yeah, and so at the time it was like, you know, why is this happening? Why are they picking Gibbs? And then they picked Jack uh, Jack Campbell at eighteen. At eighteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. He was. He's the best. He's by far the best off ball linebacker. Best six five two fifty off ball linebacker in this draft, but yep. it's still somewhat of a weaker linebacker class to begin with. Correct. I mean, you have Will Anderson, who's technically listed as a linebacker, but he's more much more so a pass rusher than an off ball. Yeah, no, he is. Coverage. He's an edge player. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, a couple other notable uh, notable uh, notable things. Eleven Skaronsky, the Titans. I love that. The I, Titans tried to trade up to that number six pick. When the, when, the Car- when the Cardinals traded up to six, yeah. the Titans called the Cardinals to try and trade up to that pick from them. And there was an offer with DeAndre Hopkins involved, but it never went through. Interesting. So DeAndre Hopkins is back in Arizona. There's no more trade talks about and him. And after that, they said, well, he said that they weren't going to talk about it during the draft after, right. after round one. Um the Packers use 13 on Lucas Van Ness, who we love. I hate that because he's probably going to be very good on the Packers, and it's unfortunate. He's going to be okay on the Packers, I think. It's just they, they that's not what they needed. No, it's not. I was a little it's shocked. It's not at all what they needed. I was I'm a little not shocked. surprised. Yeah. I kind of laughed a little bit. I yeah. mean, he's going to play. He's a great player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Not what the Packers needed. No, I was a little shocked that they took him, but it, in terms of talent, I, I somewhat understand it. Right. Um, then the Steelers were cocksuckers and traded ahead of the Jets and took Roger well, Jones. Okay, you could say the Steelers, yeah, are cocksuckers, but I would say Bill Belichick masterclass with trading. Also, yeah, trading to the Jets. Trading the back tackle, yeah. from his spot at 14 to 17 with the Steelers. So and then can, getting Christian Gonzalez. And then trading so at they, 17. So the Jets don't get the player they want, and Bill Belichick gets the player he was going to draft anyway. So, Which was ballsy because the Commanders took Emmanuel Forbes right beforehand. The, right, I didn't but quite I, understand. I mean, he's he's also a fine player. He had eleven pick sixes in college. He had I know. six pick six last ball year. Hawk. He, now yeah, he ball hawked, but he's one sixty six. He is very smart. and like six two. He was one seventy at his pro day, but yeah. I don't know how sustainable that is for his frame. Um, but Christian Gonzalez going to New England, that's an immediate fit and yep. a need. And it's just such a Bill Belichick pick, I think. Yeah, we'll talk about the Jets pick. Um, there's a run on receivers towards the back, the middle of the back half of this. Seahawks, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. It's insane that they got him, too, at 20. Right. That's, that's why we, I, we'll talk about it later. We put the Seahawks as having one of the best draft classes regardless. Because I mean, the of first their, round alone. Their yeah. first round alone was exemplary. Uh, Chargers take Quentin Johnston, Ravens take Zay Flowers, Vikings take Jordan Addison. That's the run on receivers, which I think screwed the Giants a little bit. I don't think the Giants got their makes receiver sense, but later. Yeah, they did which later. Was in the a, draft. We'll talk about them later too because uh-huh. they did pretty well. Um, the Giants did end up trading, giving up a couple picks, trading with Jacksonville and taking Deontay Banks. I like the pick of Banks. Yes, I think he's a very good corner. And then the Bills kind of confused me. 
The Bills took Dalton Kincaid. They traded up. So Jacksonville traded back twice. Right. They tra- they traded up with the second time. So Jacksonville traded back, and then the Bills traded up with the Jags. To that. And the Jags traded back and to the, 27. Yeah. Right. And they selected Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid. So the only thing I can imagine that this would make sense is they're going to use him in the slot in a Kelsey-esque role, they had which to, would make sense. But it, it's still it like, was a need for them because they brought Cole Beasley back from the dead. To right. fill that role because Isaiah McKenzie just hasn't been panning out. Right, but I mean they have if you're going tight end wise. But if they use him in that role because he's not much of a blocker, then I somewhat understand it. He's, right. he's a beast on the. You have the, Dawson the Knox, yeah. but you have to start having that conversation of is like Dawson Knox, you know, that guy for the yeah. Bills, or is he just going to kind of, kind of be in rotation in the tight end room? Right. You know, I wouldn't put Dal- Dawson Knox in the star tight end caliber. Groupings, right? As with like the Travis Kelseys or yep. the Mark Andrewses or even you know the Dalton Schultzes of the world, Dallas Goddard. No, he's he's like a tier three, probably right. A tier four, or depending on how your tiers are, he's like kind of yeah, in four that or like, five Cole Komet territory where it's like Cole Komet slightly is, better, uh, yeah, but yeah, slightly better, I would say than. But that might just also be because he plays with Josh Allen, right? Like they're probably talent wise, probably pretty similar, right? Um, and then. The I guess the other noticeable one is notable one is the Eagles take Nolan Smith at thirty. Yeah, at thirty. Yeah. Um, there's a couple. Uh, the Jags did take Anton Harrison, which I liked. They needed to tackle after losing Jawan Taylor, so I, I like that. that you makes think sense. the Jets should have taken him instead of Will McDonald? I don't think we'll, at fifteen. We'll talk about it. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I don't think at fifteen that would have made much sense. But um, so before we move on to the teams that did specifically well, the the beginning of the second round had like. A lot of quality players go to quality places. I mean, I don't know how Joey Porter made it out of the first round, but the fact that the Steelers got him with the Bears pick for Clay, Chase Claypool, so they traded up and were still able to get Joey Porter at the beginning of the second round was awesome for them. It's a cool story for Joey Porter. It's a great Jr. story. It's a really he cool story. Up. As much as I don't like the Steelers, it's a really fucking cool story. He grew up in that locker room, and now he gets. Then he went to Penn State down the road. There's a sim- there's a similar story that happened in like the fifth round with Deuce Vaughn. Where'd he go? Dallas. His mm. dad called him from the draft room and was like, hey. Uh, his dad works for the Cowboys? His dad's a scout for the Cowboys. Oh, really? Yeah. And That's his, funny. And his dad. And was, it's rigged. His dad called him on his cell phone and was like, hey, my, my work phone's not working. Do you want to come into work with me next week? Yeah. And then we're gonna they put their name the name in and Deuce Vaughn was drafted to oh, the Cowboys. Oh, that's really cool. In like the fifth round. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, a lot of quarterbacks went yeah. in this entire draft, yep. Jake. Specifically in the top five rounds, there was a stat out there. It was like, this is the most amount of quarterbacks drafted in the top five rounds in like a couple like years. Yeah. Which makes that there was double-digit quarterbacks yep. in this draft um, that didn't make it to uh, un, uh, to free agency. Right. Yeah, so there was in the, in the second round, there's a few picks that I, I really liked. Um, Will Levis going to the Titans, the second pick. They traded yes. up and took him. I like that pick a lot. Yeah. Um, He's kind of got uh he's kind of got um Josh Rosen vibes a little bit oh, I no. think where he's just like you know oh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have made it out of the first round did you see how hot his girlfriend was his girlfriend did you see how hot she was very attractive it's yes. crazy that was like the only thing I could see on Twitter is about Will Levis it wasn't even like that he was falling it's just that like look at how hot his girlfriend is it went viral yeah like, yeah. It, like uh, classic the, Twitter fashion the March Madness yeah girls that yeah went viral in March yeah it's funny. Um, so I think we should just get into what our teams did, and then we can kind of talk about little things that popped up, the teams that we liked, what they did. Yeah. Um, so Go the ahead, Jets. Jake. Start with the Jets. So the Jets in the second round, uh, they took Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. Well, which... it was kind of a surprise yeah. before we get to the second round. In yeah. the first round, they had 15. 
Originally they had oh right duh. originally they we had thirteen right right the Aaron Rodgers trade they get fifteen they get fifteen so they took Will McDonald the fourth from Iowa State an edge now, rusher an edge rusher kind of undersized but very speedy twitchy twitchy yeah got solid athletic bend. yes um so he'll probably be he had he had thirty five sacks or thirty four and a half sacks or something like that in five years at Iowa State he had double digit sacks his junior and senior year and then this grad the fifth COVID year whatever he only had five sacks but um, he's more of a pass rusher type. Uh, like specifically, like a pass rush specialist, which is how I think they'll use him. I I think I don't think this was a panic pick. I think the Jets loved him, mm-hmm. but I think they kind of got caught in a spot where they didn't have the tackle. And I, I honestly, there's a part of me that was like, they're going to take JSN. They're going to take JSN. And I'm glad they didn't because they did not need a receiver there. Because um, then they would have had to try to offload Court Davis, and it's just kind of it would have gotten really messy. And they, th- I mean the. The way that Salah always operated with the Niners was having a bunch of defense alignment to rotate in and out. They did it last year. Bryce Huff didn't play it down before third down, but he had one of the highest pressure rates in the league per snap because he was a pass rush specialist and he was fresh and he was fantastic. And I think that they'll use him in a similar role um, just to get after the quarterbacks. And I, and I love that they do that. It makes their defense what it is. Um, then they got Joe Tipman, the center from Wisconsin. I like to pick the Connor McGovern's been all right, but they, they need a better center. He's 6'6", 315. He's a massive mammoth of a man. I wanted John Michael Schmitz, who went to the other team in New York, what, the Giants. Right. We'll talk about them later. But I like Tipman too. Those are That's one of those ones where it's kind of just like whoever you think. It, it's one of those ones that's subjective. If it um, makes you feel any better, Ryan Poles was probably going to draft him if the Jets didn't grab him first. As an offensive line guy, that does make me feel better. Yes. And, and Joe Douglas is this, is a trenches guy, too, and he hasn't, he hasn't failed on the trenches picks yet. He finds diamonds in the rough. Right. Um... Then they took Carter Warner, the tackle out of Carter Warren, tackle out of Pittsburgh. I like that. I think he could easily be the starting right tackle mm-hmm. um, if they decide to keep Beckton at left. Um, so I like that pick. It's a quality pick there. They they addressed all the needs, but didn't reach, which is what I like. Which is what Joe has done in these past few years. It felt like when I was looking over the Jets draft. Yep. After the fact, it seemed like, and you gave you gave a good basis. It feels like the only pick where they truly reached was the first round. Yeah, I would correct, argue yeah. that Will McDonald probably was going to be there later in the first round or even in the second. You could probably could have traded back, but but you never. Yeah, I mean, there's you a never know. More edge guys that go, so you never know. You never know. They probably right. could have, but it also it, that trade happens with the Steelers, and maybe they didn't feel like they could trade back and get what they wanted, and they liked him enough. Right. Um, but every other pick that the Jets had, yeah. felt like it made sense for where the value was in yeah. all the numbers. Correct. So they took. I like that they took the running back from Pitt, uh, Evan. Abinaconda, I don't think I'm saying his name right. He's a home run hitter. It's nice. He'll be like a, a counter to Brees Hall, Michael Carter. And then uh, Zach Koontz, the tight end from Old Dominion in round hmm. 70, 6'7", 255, and runs 455. deep tight end class. It was. And Which kind of brings up to the question again of the Dalton Kincaid pick. Yeah. Where it's like... You trade up to get a tight end. The Georgia tight end made it to like, what, the fifth round? The Steelers took him in the third. Oh, okay. Yeah. But like the, still... The Steelers got him too, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Right. But um, he's more of a blocking. Yeah, well, yeah. Would you like to talk about the Bears, good absolutely. sir? Absolutely. The other the Jets took a other a couple other players, but those were the ones I wanted to touch on. Gotcha. More or less. Yep. Um mainly to start things off, like we said earlier, the the Bears had nine, traded back one pick, got an extra fourth rounder next year for the guy they were gonna draft anyway, and people yep. are still throwing up alarms about not taking Jalen Carter. Well suck it. Darnell Wright's here, bitch. That's right. That's right. Darnell Wright, he's a pancake of a man. About 6'6", 330. 
<laughs> a pancake of a man. <laughs> he was a right tackle from Tennessee. Um, locked up the SEC for three I, years. I mean, he essentially ate Will Anderson for lunch when they beat Last Bama. year, he was yeah. all SEC first team. Yep. That is hard to do. Yep. And he did it easily. Not, and he, not locked just, up, he locked up not only Will Anderson, but also Jalen Carter. The SEC East also, Nick. Yes. He is in the better of the yeah. SEC. When that's saying something, mm-hmm. right? Because the worst of the SEC can still wash anyone else oh, on a, e- any given day. Easily. Um, he fills an immediate hole. He can play right right tackle, left tackle, or right guard, depending. Who was their left tackle last year? I, I feel like we've talked about this, but one of the tackles they have played solid. So their left tackle last year was a rookie um, that they drafted in, like, the fifth round. I can't. That's okay. You don't have to. Braxton leave. Jones. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Okay. Braxton Jones was drafted in the fifth round of last year's draft, and he started all 16 games for the Bears. And he's probably going to stay at left because what Darnell Wright is so good at is on the right side. He had 892 snaps at right tackle in his college career. Mm-hmm. Zero sacks. Only eight pressures. Jesus. In 892 snaps at right tackle. That is an immediate hole, like hole filled. Mm-hmm. Protecting Justin Fields was the most sacked quarterback in football last year at 55. No pressures is crazy. So him filling an immediate need and yep. protecting our franchise quarterback. And that's just a sign from me that whatever Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus, are, their drafting philosophies were a little bit different, and you could see that with the rest of their picks. Yep. This was very much a Ryan Poles pick. Yep. Ryan Poles wanted this guy to protect his quarterback in Justin Fields. I know he inherited it from Ryan Pace. No, but he's the guy. But he is the guy. Yep. He's building this team around Justin, and I love it. I love that they're having a whole organizational switch to supporting their team, yeah, it's just so awesome. And then they didn't pick again until fifty-three in the draft because that their second-round pick is what the, the Steelers, Steelers used yep. for Joey Porter Jr. Yep. This pick was the one they got from Baltimore for um for the, the, the guy for Roquan Smith. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy. One of the best linebackers in the league. Yeah. Um, and they selected Javon Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida. I like him. He didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school. And he's, like you were talking about earlier, there's a lot of prospects that are new to football that they just started picking up kind of just to be with friends and whatever. Yeah. This was the case. And he is their, you know, three tech, their guy who can, like, just fill space in the middle. Yep. Just a massive of a man. Yep. And... I really like, you know how a lot of the teams do like draft videos yeah. of like their GMs calling yeah. and then you have the other camera angle of the yeah. player receiving the call. Yeah. When Javon Dexter got the call and Ryan Poles hung up, said, we're going to put your name in, click. He was like, it was the Bears, man, let's go. Like he was excited. Excited to be for the Bears. To go. F- yeah. And that was a lot of what these players were doing. Ryan Poles had a mission and he stuck to it. He wanted athletes, freak athletes. I loved their next pick. They took Tyreek Stevenson at number. Oh, I didn't realize. I didn't realize they took him. I like that. They took that was the one right. I was talking they about. They took but I like someone him in too. the middle. Yeah, yeah, I like him too. I forget where this pick came from. This might have. Was this the Panthers pick? It's possible. They had, it's possible. They had a couple second round pick. No. Yeah, probably it must be. I forget where this pick came from. It had to have been. Yeah. Or what? No. Yeah. Yes. This was. Yeah. I think this. It was had the, to have been. 
whatever whatever it was. Yeah. Um, the they picked Miami cornerback Tyreek Stevenson, which was he was borderline first round for a little while. He was, and he made it all the way to number fifty six. Yep. He is just a young Pat Peterson. Like that's his game. That's what he models himself after, and he hits hard. Yep. That's this. Both of these picks were Matt Eberflus. Just now, they're they're third round pick, Nick. Did you start the third round? That's my. I love that one. Number sixty four. Zach Pickens. Zach Pickens from South Carolina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dog. He is a dog. Yeah. And he's also a three tech. Yes. Yeah. But he is more. He can do more of like instead of like filling the hole, he can. He's more of like one T, I think. He's he's not a, a yeah. He's not a sit in there and plug a hole. He can move a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, he's very smart too. He made the SEC academic honor roll. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I, I don't really know what they did after that, for being honest. So okay, which they threw a whole bunch of. They, this was their day three, right? It was awesome. Number one fifteen, they picked the backup to Bijan Robinson. That's right. Yeah, from Roshan, Roshan Johnson, Johnson yeah. running back from Texas, who could probably maybe already be their starter. He is just a power back, big yeah, body, yeah. yep, kind of slow, but. He fits. He fits the Bears mold absolutely. Uh, number one thirty three. They took wide receiver Tyler Scott from Cincinnati. Oh, didn't they take? Um, I love this linebacker pick. from Oregon. They did, and I'll talk about him next. Okay, yeah. Because it stays in the NFC North. Yep. Um, so they took Tyler Scott, and he's more of like he can fill in the slot role, but also special teams. Look for this guy to be in return game. Noah Sewell. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. The brother... Of Panay. Of yep. Panay. So it stays... I couldn't think of his first name. He kind of fell a little bit. Um, Big time. He was he has, projected, he has, like, top 20 pick beginning Noah of the season. Noah Sewell has some issues with his lateral movement, which, mm. I mean, that's why the Bears kind of... I'm not, I'm not so worried about it because the Bears spent all that money this offseason. Oh, yeah. It's not a necessity for them anymore. Not to mention they still have Jack... Jack but Sandborn. he'll be terrific on special teams also. But he is going to be a special teamer as well. Yeah. Terrell Smith from Minnesota, cornerback, the second DB picked. Um, kind of taller and lankier, not as hard of a hitter, but um, he start, He was a first-year starter at Minnesota and didn't look back. And uh, it, I just I love all these picks. You know, there's they went all defense besides Tyler Scott, Roshan Johnson. And Darnell Wright. And Darnell Wright. Which they need help on defense, so that makes sense. Their defense was the worst in the league last yep. year. When, especially after that Jets game, when, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson went down. Yep. R.I.P. But anyway, R. I just, they, they had Travis Bell, another D-tackle from Kennesaw State yep. of all schools. Great school. And Kendall Williamson, a safety in the seventh round. Yeah. Um. So I, that concludes the talk of our teams. I think outside of that, uh, the Lions... Kind of, they went all over the place, but I think I didn't like the Lions draft, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Bears fan. I like what they did later in the draft, though. I like I like that they took. There were just too many questions. I like Brian Branch, right? I like that they took Hendon Hooker. So maybe that's just it. Maybe I mean the, the first. I guess it's more. Of, I like I like Jack Campbell. Like I wanted the Jets to have Jack Campbell. I like Jameer Gibbs. He's gonna be a good running back. Where, Where they took him? Yes, sure. But I think in terms of prospects and how they'll pan out. I think it was a good, like, it, they were good picks for them. Maybe not at the spot they were taken, just, but if so, they don't have anywhere else. Right. There were so many question marks about the Lions in this draft, and I kind of love it, but I'm also trying to stay unbiased with yeah. this. Uh, I just, I don't I don't know what they were doing. 
Before we get into our favorite teams, can I tell you the most random pick that I didn't even realize happened? Mm-hmm. And I, it's hilarious. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the quarterback the Packers drafted in the fifth round? No. Sean Clifford. Oh, from Penn State. From Penn State. Yeah. Who literally was barely good enough to start at Penn State. Right. I would argue he's the reason Penn State loses their games. And every you know year. what else is they took They took him ahead of Tanner McKee from Stanford and Max Duggan. And I... I don't. They I, took Sean Clifford in the fifth round. Right? Middle of the fifth round. Middle yeah. of the fifth round. Yeah. And the Packers find themselves also in another debacle. This was released today. They don't want to pay Jordan Love's fifth year option. He's already on his fifth year option. Yeah. Yeah. This is he's he's backed him up for three years. Yes. So this will be so his, his fourth yeah. year. They don't want to pay. They don't mm-hmm. want to. They they're. It's like. Their, their, They're GM, their GM was like, we don't want to pay a guy that hasn't played. And I'm like, whose fucking fault is that? Yeah, this is This, this is, where is we're your at. fault. Yeah, this is literally your fault. And I love it. Yeah. I'm loving this because Jordan Love is just inheriting an awful situation. And the Packers aren't doing anything to help him. And then they go and draft Sean Clifford. I, I just. Of I, all people. I just don't understand how he got drafted, period. Right. Like he, I would argue, wasn't good enough to start. I don't know how he started at Penn State. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure he's a nice guy and all, but Jesus. Oh, God damn. Yeah. I don't know. The Packers were hilarious. Um, was we're going to talk about good teams now. Yep. Or at least teams that drafted really well. I would argue the Steelers had the best draft, followed by the Seahawks and the Giants. And then I, I also like what the Cardinals did at the top and their first three picks. The Cardinals were really the Car- smart. The Cardinals with their, with their took Paris, Paris yes. Johnson. They added picks to Paris Johnson. I like B.A.O. Jolari in the middle of the second round, and I really like Garrett Williams in the third round as a corner. And not Syracuse. to mention the Jets and Bears, I would say, also had really great drafts. Yeah, I'm like, I think the Jets are probably somewhere. I saw something where there was a stat where it was like uh, expected – pick where like basically like the value like mm-hmm. where they're projected to go and where you actually got them yep and the the giants were top of that yeah where it was like they got the best value based on the event you know now, this saw, is all hearsay afterwards i saw this picture think, too yeah you know what else was on you know who was on the bottom who the kansas city Chiefs. i did see that yeah but the jets were like seventh from the bottom yes the but Bears that, were but that right might in the middle. that might exclusively be because of will mcdonald that also could be yeah. yes absolutely um but yeah i really i like i like what the I like what the Steelers did. Trading up to getting Broderick Jones is extremely smart. They needed him. Getting Joey Porter in the second round is a steal. I mean, it's essentially a first-round pick, but getting him in the second round is a steal. Washington at the end of the third round, whether he pans out or not, I mean, that's incredible value for the upside that he has. And I also love Nick Herbig from Wisconsin, who they got in the fourth round, the, the linebacker. Yes. Um, and, that, I mean, the Giants getting Jalen Hyatt in the third round. They miss out on all those receivers. I think that's one of my favorite picks for this entire draft. If Jalen Hyatt can figure out how to stay consistent after mm-hmm. press coverage, yeah. he'll be dangerous. That's just his only problem. Right. Whereas if he gets smothered in press coverage and he can't... Which he will. And he can't be fast enough. I mean, given he was playing SEC defenses, but still. Yeah. And you're he's in the toasting NFL, the best You're in the NFL too. now. It's going to be different. They're yeah, going to catch up to you. Yeah. So. You can't scheme away from an NFL prospect. No. Um, but I like the pick of Deontay Banks. I love the pick of John Michael Schmitz. They need a center back. That was He's a, a dog. One of the best picks of the draft, it, picking him. Yep, and then getting Jalen Hyatt. And I think Eric Gray from Oklahoma is solid at the end of the fifth round, the running back. Yep. There, there's a few teams who, who hit it out of the park. Um, the Dolphins took Cam Smith in the middle of the second round, yeah. the corner out of Auburn. I yep. think he's a freak. I don't hate what the Colts did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it was it was a really entertaining and fun draft. I, I think the I think the Raiders did all right. 
The Raiders were okay. Yeah, they did. They, it's just, you know, they're trying to build around their head coach's scheme, which... McDaniels, I, like Aiden, I like Aiden O'Connell. McDaniels is going to build a team mm-hmm. in a system that he knows, and it's kind of stereotypical at this point, just because he tried to do it in Denver all those years ago. He did it with Tom Brady. I like that they took Michael Mayer to replace Darren Waller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a good value yep. of him in the second round. Uh, the Broncos took Drew Sanders in the third round, and they got uh, they got Marvin Mims in, Mims in the second round. I love I love Riley Moss. Do you see that? There's a white corner in the NFL for the first time <laughs> since a, 2003. Nick. There's a white corner in the NFL, and he's a beast. I don't know how true it was, but did you see that picture of a Sean Payton ripping bongs? Bongs? <laughs> yeah, the night of the draft. That can't be true. Or like the day before the draft. That can't be true, but I love it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was the day before the draft, but there was a clear picture of him ripping a bong somewhere. Did you see that? The Packers took two tight ends? I did not. They took Luke Musgrave at 42 and then Tucker Craft at 78. So they took two in the first three rounds. They lost Robert Tunyon to the Bears. Right, but so. like they took two tight ends in the first three rounds. They are all sorts of fucked up, I think. I love it. The Packers' oh, downfall is here, and I'm all here for it. The Lions it. also took Sam Laporta, the tight end from Iowa. Oh. So they get a running back. They trade Swift. I don't know what they got for Swift. They trade Swift to the Eagles. They take an off-ball linebacker, which they need desperately. Malcolm Rodriguez was solid last year, but they need another one. Same with Alex Anzalone. Can't really No, you rely can't rely on him. So. Sam Laporta replaces Hawkinson at a much at a much more impressive value. Oh. Branch, is, Branch paired with uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Kirby Joseph back there in the secondary. I don't know, Nick. I just like what they did. That was the NFL draft. There's so many things we could talk about. I could talk for hours. All the you know undrafted free agents that were signed. You know, uh, shout out Sean Tucker going to the Bucks. Shout out Max Duggan. Wait, he didn't get drafted? No, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, Damn. the running back, didn't get drafted. Damn. But he got signed to the Bucks. Damn. So, oh, uh, uh, one of the best picks, the most underrated picks, Kalija Kansi going to the Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about him in the first round. Yeah, 19. That That's was great. that was a great pick. I think that's gonna f- fill up. You, you saw that the Titans also took Tajay Spears, right? I did see that. And then yes. they've got Jalen Duncan, the tackle from Maryland, in the sixth round. I think both, I mean, yep. th- he could easily start a tackle, and, the, and we can move Skronsky into guard. But, yeah, we could talk about I could talk about this all day. The NFL draft is one of the highlights of the sports season. Our, it is the best draft. Um, do I think they need to have some presentation changes? Absolutely. Limit the commercials, for sure. Yeah. And kind of just make it streamlined. Especially the first round, because that's really what people watch. Oh, for you know? sure. Also, yeah. I mean, it used to always be in New York City, like the Radio City Music Hall. And yeah. I like how they're going around to different cities now. And trying it's to good for the league. Like, it, it, it worked in Nashville specifically because they had it right on Broadway. They're doing it in Detroit. Yeah, that was the coolest one. That was the coolest yeah. one because people had things to do. If you looked at what people were doing, they were just kind of standing there. Next the year's grass. in Detroit. Next year is in Detroit. What are they going to do? I don't know. Like the Las Vegas one. Or the, like that's, there's things to do. You know, If you're going to have people be in Kansas City, at least pick an area where... They can do things other than stand in the grass for right, six yeah. hours. No, it makes sense, yeah. You know? And, like, we have to suffer watching through it with all the commercials. So do they. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah nothing, just standing, nothing happens. Nothing happens. Do you think they have, like, performers in between? Oh, for sure, probably. It's like Fergie shows up and... Fergie? I don't know. Sings, like, the... Sings God the, Bless America this yeah, time? but, like, destroys everyone's eardrums. Yeah. Or maybe Jason Sudeikis and Paul Rudd just do a comedy sketch in between. Just, like, deleted scenes of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, those are ideas for another day. We got a hell of a lot more show to talk about. Yoffs. We got some yoffs, y'all. 
and we're going to be talking about the NBA to start. So as we kind of like talked about and suspected before, Nick, these NBA playoffs have been great. And we, we pinpointed it. The, the pinnacle of the first round was the Kings and... The Kings and Warriors, Warriors yep. which was as advertised. Kind of disappointed in some of the series. Some of them I didn't even watch, to be honest Correct. with you. Shout out Denver and uh, Minnesota. I mean, they were playing at like 10 p.m. anyways. Right. It's tough to watch. It's tough for us to watch the West Coast teams. Yeah. But you know, especially we, when the game we tried to watch some of them. Like we said, the Kings and Warriors, Lakers Grizzlies was just awesome for off the court stuff. Shout out to old ass LeBron. Right. Shout out 38 year old LeBron who went on out. social media. Yeah, he went out on social media after they won. Yeah. And on Instagram, he did the you know the sound on TikTok where it's like, "Oh, if you if I'm trapped in forest, uh, help the bear or something like that." Yeah, he was just like, "If if I'm if I'm in the forest and I'm fighting a grizzly, help the bear." Help the bear. Yeah. Right. And it was just him was just like looking in playoff LeBron mode with yeah. that bald spot. Zero dark that, zero dark 30 23. Uh-huh. Or Six? Is he 23 now? He is six now. Zero Dark 36. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What are some other... Uh, Suns, uh, so, Suns Clippers was just kind of yeah. one of the playoffs of all time. After yeah. that first game, Russell Westbrook tried, but he just couldn't quite... Can we talk about Game 7, Steph? Absolutely. So, Steph is the first player to drop 50 points in a Game 7, a clinching Game 7 ever. So, I mean... He was, I mean, so I think it was, I don't remember exactly, but I believe Clay and Andrew Wiggins, who are their, obviously their second and third offensive options, whichever way you want to twist it. Clay was ass. No, this so it's combined. series. Yeah, I mean, Clay has lost a step a little, but um, those two combined were nine for 35. Oh. So if, if I went to you and said, your second and third scoring options are nine for 35 on the road in game seven, how would you think that would go? Not well. They won by twenty. Uh huh. Steph had fifty points. Sacramento had led six at some assists. point. I, like I mean, late in the first quarter, like early in the second quarter, they were leading. There's only a handful of people that could do what he did in the way that he did it, and and there was things that came out afterwards. I don't know if you saw this about where Draymond said he was texting him. Oh yeah, you, yeah. Draymond's yeah. text. Uh, he get, Draymond said he got a text at four in the morning after Game Six, and it was like, I can't sleep. Like I can't believe this is happening. And Steph, who is just like the quiet doesn't like really isn't a rah-rah guy Steph was definitely more vocal in this series than probably any they said he gave the greatest speech of all time before Uh game seven that like they were Uh so locked in and ready to go and it wasn't even the day of game seven it was the day before I think I mean if he he wasn't already and you're kind of stupid if you didn't like Mm -hmm. he put this is all-time status for Steph Curry. Oh, like, last one year. One of the best of all time. Last year cemented it that he was because he did it by himself. He's but got he, the four if rings. He, if he can go get a fifth one and it's a third one without Kevin Durant and he won two with Kevin, it's more of that Kevin needed Steph, not that Steph needed Kevin. Right. Um, And he also is, we've talked about him before, but he transcends the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. The game of basketball exists as is because of Steph Curry, and there's only a handful of people in NBA history that can say that. As great as LeBron is, LeBron did not change the way basketball is played. Michael Jordan changed the way basketball was viewed around the world, and I, you could even argue how it was played a little about the above-the-rim stuff, but even then, before that, it's a little Dr. J action. Right. There's only a handful of people that can truly say they changed the way basketball is played, and Steph Curry is one of those people. And not only that, he is the best that will ever live at that specific thing. You 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 said it great, Jake, and I'll go into it even a little bit further, too, because I agree. You look at Michael Jordan. He was the one that transcended what a basketball player looked like. Correct. 
in general. LeBron yeah. transcended what an athlete in general mm-hmm. could look like, what they could accomplish. Whereas Steph Curry, while you could, I wouldn't put him in the same tier as MJ and LeBron as in the GOAT category. No. What he did for basketball, he is the one that fundamentally changed basketball. I say his impact on the game and the way he is looked at by the the youth of this generation is comparable to both of those guys. Right. MJ changed the basketball player. LeBron changed the player. And Sturry changed the game. Yeah. Curry changed no, the game. Sturry. Steph Curry. Sturry. You just changed. created a new nickname for him. Sturry changed the yeah. game. And it's kind of, it's just unbelievable to watch. Because back in like 2016, you're like, oh, we're going to see this all over again. Like it's just LeBron versus Curry for like the fourth time. Well, that was like I'm actually so excited for this. But series. then there was a little hiatus between them. LeBron got another ring in the meantime mm-hmm. in the Steph, bubble. Yep. And so did Steph. So now they're both at four. And this semifinals series, you know, you could see LeBron versus the Nuggets or yep. so in the in the Western Conference Finals, or you might see Steph Curry and his squad. Do you know the last time the Warriors lost a Western Conference series? When, Jake? 2014. Wow. To the Clippers. Uh-huh. Patrick Mahomes. Was that had, Lob City Clippers? Yeah. Like right around yep. there? Chris yeah. Paul, Blake uh-huh. Griffin, yep. DeAndre Jordan. I think that's when, like, Jordan was, like, all NBA. Yeah. That, like, that was, like, the end of Lob City, though. Because uh, it, it was, was like in the heat of it. Because I think I think Chris. Because well, Blake Griffin's rookie year is what twenty twelve, ten. Was it? Oh nine, ten, somewhere in there. No, he jumped, he jumped the car in twenty twelve. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so it was like right as it started to take off. Uh huh. Because um, I think they might have been the three seed. And what happened was is the Warriors were like a six seed and lost, and then they came back and won the championship the next. That was year. when um, the jersey changed. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Right, yeah. So back in 2014, Patrick Mahomes hadn't even played a college game yet. Like mm-hmm. it's been 10 years since the Warriors lost to a team that wasn't from the Eastern Conference in the playoffs, which is rid- we don't even talk about that. Sure, they missed a couple playoffs, but that's well, a ridiculous. Yeah, they missed a few, but that's a ridiculous stat. They've been to seven finals in that span. When they were in the playoffs, they've made it to the finals. Yeah. in the past 10 years, which is crazy. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten years. Is it seven? Yeah, because they got 2015. 2016, 17, 18, 19, and then they didn't make it in the bubble. They made it in 2021. 20, Was it 21? Yeah. No. No, they missed They they missed it for three years. They missed it because they lost to the Sun. They didn't make the playoffs because that's the year the Suns were in the finals. They weren't in the bubble because of injuries, and then, and then, and then they, they just, missed the playoffs. They didn't play well in 2021. They missed the playoffs. Because Clay was hurt again. Because yeah. Clay was hurt. And then Steph hurt his ankles. Yeah. And, then, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they won it all. So it's only nine years, but it's six out of nine years. Still, this is the ninth year. It's yeah. tough for any team to overcome that, and we have to shout out and give respect to the Kings and shout out De'Aaron Fox. Which they did, by Shout the out way. Malik Monk. Right. Dray- Draymond came out and said, and not that Draymond's word is gospel, but like, he doesn't like a whole lot of people. Well, he doesn't like Sabonis specifically. Well, but. Sabonis didn't shake their hands afterwards either, which is what right. he was mad about. But he said he said there's a lot of times you lose a lot of respect for guys in, in situations like this. He's like, but not Fox. Like, we, I gained respect for him. Which, not that Draymond's word is the be-all of whatever, but it's hard to for him to say positive things about you. Uh-huh. And it's also a way Fox handled it after the game where he was like, Obviously, we wanted to win, but this is a learning experience for us. Like, we're young, we're coming into our primes, we want to be playing our best basketball in our primes. This was a great series. Like, it's tough to lose, but like, these guys are, this is the best team of this time. Like, this is a learning experience for us. This was awesome. This is my first time here. So, I, they'll be back. They're fun. They're young. They 
are very cohesive. Mike Brown's been in the playoffs Brown, a few times. Yeah, coach of the year. Yep, I would say for sure. Um, before we move on to the East, Jake, because we do have some other teams we have to talk about. We yep. have to talk about all the drama with the Lakers just cruising like a missile past the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, John, so I mean, the Lakers destroyed the Grizzlies. Right. Um, I'm surprised the Grizzlies even won Game Five to force a Game Six, but that was just because John Morant was out of this world good in that game. 43-9-13. Mm-hmm. Um, Dylan Brooks is a bum. Like, like all-time clown. <laughs> Certified He's clown. He's all-time clown, dude. Like, Certified. You can't be this much of a clown I and respect, then just not show up. I respect that he's still owning it, though. He's like, yeah, I mean... I'm, I mean yeah, I respect that he's not backing off from it, but, like... It's just... I'm just, just like, you know... It's one of these things where it's so bad, where, like... If he didn't play another NBA game, I wouldn't be surprised. That's obviously not going to happen. All the all the memes with Shaq saying Ni Hao and saying, oh, you're going to China, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's <laughs> pictures of him in, like, a Shanghai Sharks jersey. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just lose respect of everyone in that situation. And then John Morant also came out and said, all of my, off-field, all of my off-court antics, like, cost us a lot of this. John Morant also owned up to a lot of it, too. He Which like, I respect also. We got to stop putting baddies in these interviews with these NBA players. Yeah. Have you seen who the interviewer was when Ja was like, oh, yeah, we're fine in the West? No. Bro, she's 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. Stop Maybe. putting baddies in these interviews. These players get all confused. Yeah. <laughs> then they, you have Ja Morant talking to, like he's an MVP. Yeah, they're trying to riz him up real quick. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean he, he could be. Don't get me wrong. Ja Morant plays really well. Yeah. But, I mean, you gotta get, you gotta get yeah. these aspirations. Nah, I'm fine in the West. Nah, I'm fine in the Shall West. Trying to riz up these interviewers. <laughs> Come on! And then you have LeBron just dropping, like, when he's eight, like, he he's playing like he's 18 years old. Yeah. At 38. Yeah. Do you want to you hear a cool stat? I don't know if you've heard this. Uh-huh. Um, with the Warriors winning, it is the first time in NBA history since they switched to 16 teams that one of each seed is represented in... Oh yeah, the, the court, yeah. the semifinals. Yeah, one through eight. There's one of every seed. Seedagami. Seedagami. Yeah, love it. Yeah, that's a great stat. Yep. Um. So to the east, we move to the east. Well, the west, quick, because there was game one of Nuggets Suns. Okay, yeah, the the Suns. Jamal Murray out. back. Jamal Murray's back. The Convener Twins were there. He had 28 points on jump shots. Uh huh. That's ridiculous. Jamal Jamal Murray took out his dick. Put it on Instagram Live and put it right on the middle of the court. And then and the Cavender like, twins were like, on our way. <laughs> I don't know why they were there. I, I was weird. I see when we you, talked about this yeah. before the show, it's like, okay, like it's the meme. It's like, get, do they like, play volleyball for Kentucky by chance? <laughs> no, they play <laughs> basketball for Miami. Oh, okay, close enough. <laughs> um, but we were talking about it before the show. It's like, why Denver? Why there? Why not, dude? Because as we're soon going to be talking about, the Miami Heat are still in the playoffs. Denver's a fun time. Denver is a fun time. Maybe are they from that area? I don't know. Because they'd be done with school. I mean, I don't really are, care. Are they from the area? I don't really care. Neither do I. But it's just funny. It's yeah. the meme. We we love the meme. Yeah, we love the memes. Him, Jamal Murray, and Jordan Poole both. Whenever there's baddies on the sideline, they or the you know the court. Yeah. I I can't talk today, folks. No, I mean they're on the sidelines of the court. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. You were wrong. I'm still. My sanity is still courtside. They're yeah. on courtside. Jamal Murray and Jordan Poole just so. Yeah. So the West up. is going to be. I mean, LeBron versus Steph in the semifinals is a rating stream. Nuggets, Sun, like whoever comes out of the West, the NBA is going to be perfectly fine with. It's either going to be a two-time MVP. Actually, 
No matter what, no matter it's an what, MVP. There's an MVP <laughs> in the finals from the West. Yeah, it, yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, the East is a little more wacky. The East has some stuff going on. So the know? Heat are Jimmy Butler hurt his ankle. Yes, they beat the Knicks by I think it was like eight in at the Garden. Uh huh. But Butler got hurt, was like hobbling around, and they just like weren't attacking him when he was on defense, and I was a little confused by it. But um, the Heat snuck by with a hobble, Jimmy Butler. And Kyle Lowry played fantastic off the bench. And the Heat just look fucking Spolstra, man. So, the Heat Heat were the first seed in the East last year. They were. And they didn't look like it. No. Whereas this team has been playing like they're the first seed in the East. But they're the eighth. Do you think they lost the Hawks on purpose so they didn't have to play the Celtics in the first round? I mean, maybe. It's very possible, I mean, think right? about it, right? Look at the, look at the path. They're like, we can beat the fucking Bulls. Right. We beat the Bulls, and then they just had a great series. And, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But... The Celtics, the Celtics handled the the Celtics handled the Hawks not as quickly as we would have thought, but Trey Young was trying. Yeah, he was. That was about it. Yeah, uh, Joel Embiid is he is out. Out. So Game one is about to start in like 15 10, minutes. ten minutes yeah, as yeah. of recording. About to tip off. Um, so the Sixers are ten point underdogs. The Sixers Boston. haven't played a basketball game in a week. Yeah, and they don't have their best player. And they don't have their best player. Arguably the best player in the in the NBA. I'm fully expect and they're ten point underdogs. Yeah. Or so. I'm yeah. fully expecting a, a Sixers loss today. But I could be wrong. So I mean, as long as there's a chance he's out game two, they he can't miss more than one game. No. No. They do not win sixty six percent of the series without him. And they need to win sixty six percent of the series. Or it's like one of those things where it's like he's out for game one, he's doubtful for game two. This and then- se- he needs to play this series is gonna be fucking awesome. Look back at all of the games they played this year. There was the Tatum three at the last second and the full court heave by Embiid that went in but was too late. He put up fifty at the end of the season. Like they they've been fa- for the first time in a long time, it wasn't just Celtics dominating the Sixers. Yeah. This would be a fantastic series and I'll be on the edge of my seat, and I'll, I'm not going to like it. If but. the Sixers can somehow make it through, mm-hmm. they would have to play either the Heat or the Knicks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Having to play the Heat and Jimmy Butler would be just, like, torture. Do you think the Knicks defense can somehow handle... Well, Randall's not playing either. Right. Yeah. So, it, the, I've... Somehow the Heat are missing their best scorer... But are the healthiest and team remaining and possibly. are coasting through the playoffs and so might be the healthiest team not named the Celtics remaining in the playoffs. Uh huh. Yeah, in the East at least. Yeah, I. I it's weird. It's really weird. Yep. I love how these NBA yoffs have been going. They've been great. And like we said, the Sixers are about to tip off today. The Suns got blown out last night in their game one, and there's a lot more games to talk about. In the in the NBA yoffs, but we're gonna take a little break <laughs> for them for a little while. Let these series play out. Let them marinate. We're going to talk about them on Twitter, at Up Air Podcast, so follow us. Um, but I think that's – is there anything else you really want to add about the NBA offs right now? Or No, other than the rating streams. There. I mean, Miami Knicks, they throw they show all those throwback series in the 90s. and it, This is – it's not perfect because I think Bucks moving on. Bucks being out. Would be great, but like right. with the Bucks being out, Miami was the best – Alternative, I would say, compared yeah. to the other teams that were there for ratings. For ratings, right. Heat Knicks. Miami know, is Pat Riley's head of the ni- head of the Heat, but he used to coach the Knicks, and you it's know, it's this whole Knicks history there from the nineties. Riley, right? Yeah. So and Sixers Celtics was bound to have. It's the best. This is the best possible scenario. Grizzlies Kings doesn't do shit for the NBA. No. Lakers Warriors. Lakers Warriors does. LeBron Steph, whole different ball game. Yes. 
So I think the the ratings are gonna be high. I think the NBA is happy about it. Hashtag NBA rigged. All right then. That's all. The NHL, Jake. Speaking of uh, ratings, the NHL has been blowing it out of the water. The yoffs with these yoffs. I mean, we've been saying that a lot. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I love it, but um, you're welcome. Obviously, the biggest storyline out of the NHL playoffs so far: the Bruins, 65 win, record-setting team, blew it in Game Seven against like, the Panthers last night. The last minute, literally blew the it last, the last minute. Last minute of overtime, they let in a tipped goal by the Panthers to finish their season. But they also gave up a goal in the last minute of regulation. That too. They were they were on the cusp. They were they were up three two yep. with less than a minute. And then they let yep. the Panthers score, go down all the way through overtime, and let the Panthers score again. That's great, isn't it? It is great. I love it. Yeah. Just seeing Bruins fans cry. It's it's hilarious. Um, and it's just kind of fate, I think. Like, you have yep. this great team that, it's goes, been, it's goes, been 10 that coasts through yep. the, the regular season. And then you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Anything can happen. So here, so here's the thing. If, if the Devils win... Yes. Game seven tonight against the Rangers. Yep. It'll be Devils, Hurricanes, right? And then Panthers, Leafs. Panthers and Leafs have no success at all in our lifetime. The Devils had success early in our lives before you can remember, but have been awful for the last decade. Yeah. And the Hurricanes are fairly similar. They've been slightly better, but haven't really made a run. The Hurricanes are like on the up and up. Well, yeah, they've been they've been relevant. They've been a playoff team these last few years, but like they aren't like a perennial no, going to the Stanley no. Cup. Out of the East, it's all like you know, if, unless the Rangers somehow beat the Devils, right? And then they're kind of like a blue blood of hockey. But it's yes. the idea of like a Devils Leafs. I mean, like they're both terrific teams, so it uh-huh. makes sense. But the idea of those two playing in the conference finals is just like it's weird and it's cool. And this is what I love about playoff hockey is that it's so subjective. Like the Blues went on that run and won a cup the other year, yeah, uh, three years ago. Uh-huh. And they I guess the Bruins. Yeah, and they haven't been good since. No. They've been irrelevant since. And it's just, this is what's cool about playoff hockey. It's why I love it. The the Kraken in the West did the same thing to the Avs that the Panthers did to the the Bruins. Like, they just won a Game 7 out of nowhere. A team that upstarted last season. It's very similar to the Knights. The NHL expands. Both their expansion teams in the semifinals and could potentially play each other in the conference final. Like, it's just, the NHL has done all of this it's the best playoff hockey. The NHL be. has a lot of issues with ratings mm-hmm. in in the regular season specifically. And a lot of that has to do with media coverage, right? You look at that event that happened, I say event. You look at that situation that happened earlier in the regular season mm-hmm. when on first take there were a whole bunch of people sitting on that table, you know, Molly, Stephen A, Mad Dog, I think no, I don't think Mad Dog was there. Or- but but there was a question that was asked by some New York reporter. It's like, so out of all the New York teams, which ones are you most excited about for the playoffs? And Stephen A. gave like his typical, you know, all the Knicks. Well, it makes sense. Uh, the That's Yankees, him, yeah. you know. And then um, then the other guy across the table from him was like, well, what about the Rangers? And Stephen A. was like, they don't count. And Molly Molly Karam Rose was like, oh, yeah, they don't count. Whereas ESPN just spent like over half a million dollars. For the broadcasting rights, yeah. For a lot of these teams, no, like no, they, they have all the playoffs. Games, they have all the playoffs. They have all the too, playoffs yeah. and the prime time. Well, there's some on TNT too. 
Same thing in the NBA though. Yes. Like it's a, it's a, it's the same deal. Where, it's the same deal, but yeah. there's more playoff hockey on ESPN. Oh right! <laughs> did you did you hear Biz? Do you hear the word he came up with no. on the TNT broadcast? No. <laughs> he was talking about the Bruins and the Panthers like before the overtime, uh-huh. and he used the word resiliencenness. Oh, instead oh, of just yeah. resilience. Instead of just a... <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the resiliencenness of this crew. <laughs> <laughs> Renowned wordologist. Paul Pissonet. <laughs> um, but the playoffs are usually when people watch, when casual fans watch hockey Correct. anyway. Yeah. But the NHL like has me. to. Like us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I watch the Sabres from time to time. I, I check in on the Islanders, but it's not like a routine of mine. But the NHL has to figure out a way to market itself in the regular season. And it's tough because the way they have their season scheduled, the regular season is towards the end of the NFL. Right when the end, and then it goes NBA like, and, right, and like the NBA season starts up, and then you have towards the end of the regular season, here comes the MLB, and then you have the playoffs, which are neck and neck with the NBA. So it's like, it's it's very, yeah. I mean, they're competing with the NBA. I think the NBA is on a decline in terms of viewership and like I would also the marketing. Agree. They so. were on the incline, yeah, you could say. Like right when the Warriors and Cavs were heating up, 2015, yeah. 2016, the NBA shot up. Mm-hmm. Into the second spot, behind um, where it took over the second bot spot from the MLB, the baseball, yeah. and then uh, just just based on you know circumstances that we're not going to talk about today, yep. the the NBA has been on a decline, and the NHL should be taking its opportunity to do that. The playoffs have been really entertaining so far this year. My brackets busted. The Islanders got canned. I mean, we all kind of knew that was going to happen, Shh. but um, somehow the Leafs won a playoff series. Pretty handily, too. Which was just hilarious. They won three overtime games on the road. Uh Uh-huh. On the road. road. That's a thing, too. These teams are winning on the road, which... Happens in NHL playoffs more than anywhere else. Yes. Yeah. But just, it seems like more of a magnitude this year than any other year that I can remember in the past. Connor McDavid is still God. McJesus continues to tear it up for the Oilers. That's a great series. That was a great series, too. It's going to be a great series with the Knights. Yeah. Shout out Jack Eichel. Yeah. (laughs) No, shout out. We like him. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Mostly because you don't. All right. Yeah. Well, it's not really. <laughs> I don't know. No, he's seen, yeah, it's, that whole situation is it's just, just a whole separate thing. So blown out of proportion. No, I don't know. I'm just glad he's finding success. Let's just let's just look at it this way, Nick. If you were 25 and had millions of dollars, would you rather live in Buffalo or Las Vegas? Long Beach. Right. They don't have a hockey team. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, rip your aisles, Jake. Do, do you know which one's closest to Long Beach? <laughs> Vegas. Vegas is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Kings. Well, true, but, like, I don't know if that was an option. Well, yeah. That was a good series. The Kings, that was, that was unfortunate they had to play each other in the first round, but that was that was a good series. Yeah. I think Kraken and uh, Kraken and Stars is going to be interesting. Shout out Jake Ottinger. We haven't really talked about the Stars a lot. No, but I... Because they've... They, they've it's kind of like how the sun, how the the Denver Nuggets of the NBA have kind of been like under the radar so far yeah. in terms of it's because they aren't flashy visibility. The Dallas Stars are also I forget they exist sometimes. Well, okay, that's a, just a fact. Okay, sure, yeah, Mike Madonna. <laughs> um, they just kind of go under the radar sometimes. Like who do they play in the first round? The they played the, a team, the Wild. 
They yeah, play they play. were also under under the radar despite being like the home of American hockey. <laughs> they played. They played right Minnesota. Yeah, they played the Wild in their first series, and no one talked about it. No, I forgot they existed. Uh huh. Yeah, that's one of the playoff series of all time. It really, is. I think they're all of the all time. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, it's been great. South Florida's been on a heater. South Florida is booming. Panthers, Florida Atlantic, both Miami teams. The Heat. The Dolphins. Yeah, well, you don't have to. They got Jalen Ramsey. They got Mike White. They got so, Mike yeah, White. they're on the come up. You're right. They're on the come up. The return of the, the prodigal son uh-huh. from South Florida, Mike White. Mike White. Yeah, your typical South Florida man. Yeah. Just slinging it all over the yard. That's what I do on the daily. Same. Yeah. Same. So I, I think these playoffs are going to get interesting. Playoff hockey is the best. We're obviously not huge puck boys, but... Um, We're trying to change that. Yeah. We're trying to change that. I, ha- I wish I had more puck boy tendencies. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. You're going to grow the mullet? Get the brewskis? Obviously. With the boys' I already have a playoff beard. With the zinnies? I don't know what that means. Then you're not puck boy yet. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, we got the Rangers-Devils game seven tonight. So, um, normally... Is there anything else to add? No, fuck the Rangers. That's all I would like to add. Fuck the Rangers? Fuck the Rangers right in the mouth. Fair. Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. But normally I would say we'll talk about this stuff next week, but drum roll, or whatever that was, we are taking a break for a week. Jakey Boy here is going on vacation. Yep. And I have a pretty stacked week next week. So. Yeah, I have to go to Jesus Camp. Here. Oh, well, okay. Jesus Camp on a beach? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, Jake can go be on vacation next week, and I'm pretty stacked. So, official announcement. We are done with season one. We didn't know we were going to do seasons, but we now we are. We didn't know we were going to do seasons, but now we are, because we're trying to make an excuse for not doing anything for next week. <laughs> um, but season one of Up in the Air, I guess, is done. We have 13 episodes. We'll call it the NFL draft season. We started, we started with the NFL. Our first episode, we kind of preluded the Super Bowl. So it kind of is fitting that a majority of this episode is talking about playoffs or the NFL, the NFL draft. It's kind of fitting that our season bookends with uh, Jake. Jake is mean mugging so hard because he's missing tip-off right now because I won't stop talking. That's okay. Um, Jalen Bead's not doing the tip. Oh, B-Ball Paul. B-Ball Paul. Fuck yeah. But uh, we're going to go watch that. But... For an official announcement, no episode next week. All right. We will be back May 15th, 16th. May 16th. May 16th, we will be back. It's a Tuesday. Right. Well, are we going to be recording on that Tuesday? No, we're recording on Monday, but the next episode after this will be out May 16th. Yes. Yeah, May 16th. This is for the people. This is Tomorrowland, Nick. This is Tomorrowland. Be lo- we're, we'll be back the week of May 15th. Word to Big Bird. Word to Big Bird. So we thank you all for joining us on this journey so far in this first season of Up in the Air. Um, We'll be back with season two, bigger, better, and stronger, as most athletes say when they're injured. Yeah, all you can really do is work out at Jesus Camp because they don't let you jerk off. So like you have to get out your masculinity somehow. I was going to say something completely different. Okay, go where you're going. Nope, we're going to end the episode (laughs) on that. This has been episode 13 of Up in the Air. I am Nick. I am Jake. We will see you all. The next time. Not next week, but... Next time. The next time. Hasta la pasta. Bye!